Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, Really excited to get into a conversation that I think uh, a lot of churches are wrestling with these days and is certainly relevant to where we're at as a local community as we're launching into a very critical message series. And so I want to welcome back uh, who we call around here our action pastor, Nate Dirks. (laughs) Nate, welcome back. Thanks for having me. How are you doing these days? You know, we're doing pretty well. Life is good. We're, it's hectic with our with our three uh, boys and, and just post-COVID kind of things happening still, but, uh, but life is good. What, uh, what do you want to give us as far as uh, kind of coming out of the pandemic pulse of the condition of your family, kind of where your kids are at, what's fun, what's challenging? Just talk to us a bit about that. I feel like it's like, it's like all fun and all challenging at the same time. We're, yeah. For, for Taryn and I, we are, our boys are Malachi and Isaiah and Elijah, which is probably good to mention because I feel like we've, we've been coming back to church and people are like, oh yeah, you have three kids now. And they're like confused about like our, you know, what our family situation is. But yeah, like being able to be back together with everybody, have, uh, having the boys just, they're, they're super energetic, which makes it really challenging and just fun at the same time. And so that's definitely been sort of the pulse of life right now, which is just sort of like full on, lots going on. Uh, trying to keep up and uh, and also just trying to take the moments to just really like enjoy and remember this stage of life. Uh, by way of clarity, when we say action pastor, uh, do you want to describe for people what that means around here? Oh man, yeah, I, I'm still trying to always figure that out. But in in the when we talk about sort of like this this threefold kind of lifestyle of full devotion to Jesus through inspiration, connection, and action. Through action, it's this, you know, what does it look like for us to live like Jesus in the ways that we connect among people living on the margins in our our society? And in all three of our locations, we're able to do that uh, with people experiencing homelessness in St. Catharines and uh, Caribbean migrant farm workers in Vineland and our low-income community in Welland, connecting among Indigenous peoples uh, across all of our locations and through uh, compassion, uh, connecting with uh, children experiencing poverty globally. It's sort of that entire all-encompassing uh, picture of how do we connect well relationally, no matter who we are in all of our locations. And I get to be a part of all of that, which is is pretty full and it's pretty amazing at the same time. Yeah, we call this part of our lifestyle of full devotion that we're fostering, the action aspect, meaning short for social action. And uh, for those listening outside of Southridge or for those new to Southridge that are listening, um, you know, Nate oversees global and local compassion and justice in our community. So uh, the the relational nature in which you're describing it is something that I want to get into in a few moments, Nate. But um, I guess I want to start uh, in this conversation because we have recently, as of yesterday, <laughs> launched into a message series that at Southridge has become quite a tradition around here. Can you describe to begin with, the vision behind this annual Hope Lives series. Yeah. Yeah, it really has become a tradition for us. And and the idea behind Hope Lives is, I mean, definitely it's interwoven into, like this, this lifestyle of compassion and justice is interwoven into everything that we do around here. But sometimes we want to just take a moment to camp out and say, 
you know, what is it that, that we can celebrate in the ways that God's shaping us as a community um, through this lifestyle of compassion and justice? What are the, the things that we're learning? What are some of the key conversations? And, and how can we really take a look at um, the ways that we're living this out and the ways that God is wanting to shape us with this moving forward? And being able to do that, you know, even just once annually, we can definitely see just how much movement there is uh, in God's kingdom around here that uh, in the ways that he's calling us to this. And so we just love it because it just gives us a chance to celebrate all of those stories and well, not all of them. We never get to get into all of them, but celebrate the fact that there are so many stories of God's faithfulness in his call for us to, to live lifestyle of compassion and justice. If Hope Lives is our annual kind of flag waving of the values of compassion and justice in the life of a Jesus follower, um, what would you say we're trying to particularly focus on in this year's Hope Live series? Yeah, this year we are wanting to really name some of the big conversations that are happening in our community and how they've emerged uh, over the years of, you know, through through how God has shaped us and sort of being able to sort of say, well, this these are some of the big ones right now. And we're, we're calling the series this year A Place at the Table. And for us, there's sort of multiple connotations to that where, you know, we just sort of feel we like the imagery of like the banquet table that we're, we're called to, to be a part of this sort of unlikely group of people that Jesus invites to, to the banquet table and, and to be there together and pull up a chair. And the idea of the table of sort of the table of influence of how are we lending each of our own voices to, to pulling up a chair at that table of influence to shaping what Southridge is looking like and, and how we're responding to Jesus and, and how we're responsive to the, to the experiences of people from across our, our community. And that's really a huge part of what shapes us is those, those experiences in living those lifestyles uh, in, among people in the margins. So we really want to focus on that in a place at the table this year through Hope Lives. And in that theme, like what kind of impact are you most hoping for from this four-week investment? I mean, there's multiple impacts I would hope for, uh, for sure. And one of them would be, you know, that it would be encouraging to people who have been putting this hard and life-changing work uh, out in the community, that they've, they've been living this lifestyle for years, you know, in really non-glamorous ways, but just in, in relationships and unlikely friendships uh, among people who are experiencing marginalization. And I'd really want them to be encouraged and to know that like they've, they've taken their place at the table and it's, it's influencing who we've become, that we can really see that trajectory over the years and that we can see that that's where we're going as well. And so I'd hope that there'd be that encouragement. And I'd also hope that we'd be able to see that for other folks at Southridge, you know, may, who may be newer to our community to say, you know, what does it look like to, to invest well, to, to, to be a difference maker in this space that, well, here's how you take your place at the table as well. It's, and, and we want to be able to describe that a bit. And my hope is that coming out of this, that there'll be people who will put their hands up and say, hey, you know what, I, I want to be a part of that as well. And so uh, we definitely see that happening every year. And, and we see people who that, that becomes a big part, they become a big part of our community leading out of Hope Lives. I really hope that that happens this year again. Yeah, for leaders listening, you know, we've, we've talked internally about noticing a bit of a kind of a chasm emerge. And that's what we talked about in the, the launch of this series yesterday, that We've had people over the years, because of Hope Lives, dive into this way of life. Mm. But because of how transformational this aspect of the way of Jesus is, this becomes kind of the focus of their life or the, the, the primary way that they engage and express their faith in a way that makes them less reliant on the other aspects of the church, typically like the gatherings and groups and things that are offered. Mm. But 
in in this sense where the people who are going for it almost grow past the other ministries of the church. Then you've got the people in the other ministries of the church who've not yet got involved in this, but because they're less connected now to the people who are going for it, because the people who are going for it are less connected and less reliant on those ministries in the church. Mm. You've got a group of people who have no idea what they're missing out on. And another group of people that are kind of graduating beyond the church going for it so much. And so I feel like what we've been trying to do and hopefully hope lives helps us do a little bit is tie these groups together around this banquet table behavior, around this banquet table culture, Mm. and specifically stolen from the language of the the, the message yesterday, shift from just inspiring or cultivating missional Christianity Mm. to also cultivating missional community, where we can all be part of this banquet table, invited by Jesus, full of unlikely friendships, where friendship makes the difference, together. And I say that because at the end of the day, your world, Nate, is not just to foster missional Christianity, but to try to help cultivate Southridge as a missional church. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just wondering if you could give us a bit more description on, you know, what, what, what the difference is from your perspective on a missional church compared to a more traditional view of a, of a Sunday centric church ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and in, in some ways, I mean, there's, there's a sort of simple answer to it where, you know, we would see, you know, in a lot of times there are a lot of churches have a focus where uh, the Sunday is a, is a landing point and it's a, and it's a space where we're, the, that's where we want people to, to be. And that's where we want people to end up. And that's really the focus. And for us, our Sundays are equally important to us, but ours are, are, I find it to, that they're important to us as a launching pad, that our Sundays are the space where we get to be together, to be inspired by hearing uh, the message from, from the Bible. We get to hear about what, what Jesus's lifestyle was like, what he's calling us to. We get to, to dig into spiritual practices. They're going to help to influence what kind of people we are in our relationships with Jesus. And then in all of that, it's, it's launching us into our week into the week we're going to be out in our community and where we're going to be out in a, in among people who have perceptions of what the church is, what Christians are, um, who have had varying degrees of impact. And a lot of the time we talk about that, you know, that it's, it's often been a, in a pretty challenging impact or negative impact they've had from the church. And for us, we see the opportunity on a Sunday morning to say, okay, well, let's be equipped to launch from here into our week in ways where we have a different impact on our community and the ways that we serve people who are experiencing marginalization and the ways that we serve alongside people who aren't from the church, but who are also serving. And what we're and we're doing that alongside them, but in the name of Jesus. And I think that that's a, that's a differentiator for us, that as, as important as our Sundays are, it's not where we want to land and where we want to kind of end our week. It's where we want to start our week. And this is really what I want to camp out in, in this discussion that I think uh, both for us as Southridge members, we can uh, gain a, a greater degree of insight and clarity. And for leaders listening in, this can be profoundly helpful in us shifting from a Sunday-centric mission, ministry to more of a, a missional model of church. So let me let me start off, first of all, Nate, by, by asking you as the action pastor, when it comes to this aspect of the lifestyle of full devotion that you foster, this, this value of compassion and justice, like, why is this such a high value for us? Well, we find that there's, I mean, from, from our perspective, like, you know, the body of Christ is, is diverse and there's a lot of things that people are called to. But 
from our perspective that this is this is our place in the body of Christ as a Southridge community church. As a community, we just feel that this is what, when Jesus models for us and the Bible teaches us um, that, I mean, what the brother of Jesus, James, writes about, the idea of faith and works and the combination of those as being this dynamic, um, that there's a dynamic interplay between those that Jesus modeled for us and that we get to live as well that we feel that this is what we're called to, to try to live those out really well, that this faith in Jesus that we have is meant to be lived out in action. And I mean, frankly, as we talked, I spoke about just a moment ago, like we find that a lot of the times people have, have very strong opinions about the church and they haven't always been positive. And we feel that by living out in like this dynamic of our faith and our works intertwined so closely, that that's going to change that story, that that changes that picture of what the church is all about. And, and really more importantly, who Jesus is. And I think that that's a call that we've seen people, you know, our leaders here in our church for, for decades, feeling really called to and drawn to. And I think that um, we continue to just want to find out what God would be calling us to in leading us forward in, in this faith and works dynamic uh, through Hope Lives and, and definitely into this year beyond. That's good language between the faith and works and the the defining your church around talk versus defining your church around walk. Um, I know, you know, just to kind of beat this point to death, you know, from our church's perspective, um, this has become a huge shift in resource allocation and what we often talk about in, in terms of budget pie. Mm. Um, can you talk about why this action component of the lifestyle of full devotion like matters so much and why it receives such a disproportionate investment of our financial and, and human resources? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, for what I would definitely see happening here is both through how we feel called and what we've experienced and can testify to over these, these decades as a church is that God's not just calling us to this at the expense of other areas that that we know are valued uh, by God in terms of, you know, how we relate to each other in our families and the ways that we're supposed to grow in our marriages and how our, you know, who our kids are and, and just every part of our community that are just, there's so much happening here in our community. And this is not the expense of that and saying we don't value those things. But one of the things that I think has been amazing is that we find that by leaning into this lifestyle of full devotion through action, uh, by reaching out into our community, we're finding that God wants to speak to us in those parts of our lives, even through that lifestyle, that God wants to speak to us in unique ways that are going to enhance how we relate to each other in our marriages and, in, and with our kids and, and as friends and as a community of followers of Jesus. And within that, we find that by being able to invest disproportionately, and we talk about, you know, with our finances, that we, we always want to invest at least over half of of our budget into this lifestyle. And, and at the moment, it's over 70%. And it's just... We, we just find that it's an investment that's not just an investment that goes out, but I mean, in a selfish way, there's, there's, there's a lot of return on in that investment that we feel really fortunate about, that we feel really is able to, um, uh, to feed back into the important, healthy, uh, other parts of the healthy lifestyle that we think that we, that we need to invest in as well. I love the way you describe that, Nate, because it's important for, for, I would say, especially our Southridge listeners to appreciate that we don't pour so much gasoline on the action component just for the values of compassion and justice to extend to the marginalized as core as that is to the the life and ministry and legacy of jesus mm. we do that 
because of how essential it is for the discipleship system of our church, that the experiential learning that exposing people to Jesus' mission provides actually forms Christ in us in ways that affect every aspect of our lives. And so we actually believe that the more a person embraces the compassion, justice aspects of the way of Jesus, the better spouse they become, the better parent they become. Instead of pouring more gasoline on another parenting workshop or another marriage series on Sunday morning, not that those aren't helpful, but that the way that learning by doing transforms people actually has a Christ-like transformational impact that permeates all facets of how we spend our money and what kind of priorities we live for and our value system. And, and if people wonder, like, that's why we put so many eggs into the basket of our action ministry, because in the kind of large group lecture, small group seminar, co-op work term kind of triumvirate of our three-dimensional discipleship system, the, the experiential learning component mm-hmm. so often delivers such disproportionate discipleship that you know we want to we want to fan that flame exhaustively and so it's kind of because of that then that I, I wanted to have this conversation about the relationship between how much we're fostering this missional aspect mm-hmm. with people's traditional understanding of what church is and that is the Sunday gatherings. Now you talked originally, Nate, about Sundays being kind of a launch pad for the week. Um, you know, I guess my question would be, what in your mind differentiates the weekend service kind of dynamics of a missional church to the weekend service dynamics of a more Sunday centric or attractional one? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a place I would start from is that lang- language of where with a with a missional or I'd say with an attractional church, yeah, there's there it is a it is a landing point and and which is great and that and they, and that's a way that a lot of churches operate. And that for us, the idea of being a missional church, like we said, starts as a launch point where for us we really want to be able to to see ourselves um, not just receiving. Uh, and not just for the sake of receiving and not just because we need it, although we all do, we need to be fed into, but that the feeding is going to be, have a multiplying effect that we're going to be fed into on a Sunday morning in terms of uh, the teaching that we're receiving, which is just so important to anchor us in, uh, in the teachings from the Bible and the person of Jesus and the, oh, the ways that we're together as a community and that we receive encouragement and, and fellowship from each other and that we're able to be together as a, as a group that we just, that we just find so much joy uh, from that. And the ways that we, we do spiritual practices and the way that we're able to actually learn on a Sunday what that looks like and be able to take that. And for all of those things, the idea of taking that into our week, what we're, we're called to in terms of a lifestyle of action is, is challenging. And I, I think admittedly so that, that Jesus calls us into, into spaces where we're less comfortable and where we're meeting people who are unlike ourselves. That is challenging. And we need to be equipped for that. We need to be able to be equipped for that throughout our week. Uh, and we need to be able to have taken that with us, not only just the encouragement, but the, the really tangible uh, moments of, of doing those spiritual practices throughout the week as well. Um, we can't just sort of try to, you know, try to live in such a way that by the end of the week, we're kind of, you know, on, we're, we're kind of running on fumes, uh, but hopefully we make it to Sunday to get refilled. No, we want to use our Sunday to be equipped so that we can be out in the week and actually doing well and thriving within that. And I just really think that Without our Sunday gathering, that makes it challenging to be able to live that throughout the week. But only focusing on our Sunday gathering 
is missing the point in terms of what we're called to throughout the week as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, Nate, this is super interesting because this partnership between the gatherings of our community and the mission of Christ that we're trying to engage our community into personally and and together as locations and as a church family, it's actually not something that, it's not just something that we're cultivating kind of organizationally or church-wide. It's something that you've embraced personally as a former missionary who's trying to live a, a missionally Christian life around here, and also something you're trying to, to foster in the lives of our people. And so I guess I'd ask two, two sides of the same question, like to the kind of person listening, or even to the church leader who really values the gatherings of a local church, but hasn't yet embraced or really engaged in the mission or fostering the missional side of the way of Jesus, what would you say to that person? I would say that it's great to embrace the gathering because it, it's important. And we just know that, that, that being together as a body is just, is incredibly important. But I feel like that it, it can lose its meaning if that's all it becomes. It can become a, a little bit self-serving. It can be something where we're able to receive, which is great. But the way that we're wired and the way that I, that I believe that Jesus teaches us is that we're wired, we're wired towards others. And in that wiring towards others, if we're not basically finding an outlet for that, if we're not responding to Jesus' call to live for others in that way, then we're, we're missing the point of that, of that gathering, even the wonderful things about it. And we're not taking it to where it's natural outpouring. And to be able to appreciate um, the Sundays as we come back to them, there should be sort of an exponential or sort of like a, a trajectory of growth in how we experience our Sundays. And in some ways it can be a bit flat if we only experience them to receive every single Sunday. But if we receive, and then with the purpose of giving from that throughout the week, then I think that when we come back to receive, it takes us even into a higher level of how we're receiving it and what that means for us. And I feel like that's something that we, we have that opportunity for and we don't want to miss that. Yeah, I just tack on for people listening who are maybe more gathering-centric to appreciate that that the picture in Acts 2 of that first century biblical Christianity, it included more than just gathering in the temple regularly. Acts 2 full devotion included more than just gathering in the temple regularly. And to kind of compare your life to the the picture of Acts 2, people who responded to Jesus' message by fully devoting themselves to his way of life in ways that expressed and were stimulated by these these practical behaviors, um, and to ask kind of what's missing from your menu of biblical Christianity. The inverse question, back to you, Nate, would be to those who've become your kind of henchmen, your your core peeps, who've engaged in the mission, but maybe who feel like they've matured beyond Sunday mornings, or they've kind of grown beyond the gatherings or mm-hmm. relying on the gatherings. What would you say to that person or leader? Yeah, that's real. I know that happens um, where you get the inspiration from the Sunday mornings and all of a sudden you're, you're inspired towards this lifestyle and that's kind of where it starts. But then after a long time of, of living that, this amazing lifestyle, of you know connecting with people who've experienced homelessness, for example, it's sort of like okay, well, I, I'm so far down this road. Like, do I really need, do I really need that gathering? And two things that, that really stand out to me. I think there's more, but two of the key ones to me would be, I mean, one is I mean, yes, we, we do need that. We do need the the constant equipping and tuning up from the community around us. Otherwise, we're going to break down. It's not going to be sustainable. And so we need that. But the second part of it is as well, is if we really, and when we really care about people experiencing marginalization, I think we realize that 
there's a certain amount that we can do on our own, but it's more about how we as a community can have a greater impact. And if we're going down a, down a, uh, a road where we feel like we've gone beyond, but we're not then, if, if we're feeling that way, but then we're not willing to cycle that back into the life of the church on a Sunday morning and, and be present there as well to sort of feedback what we're receiving back into the church as well, then I think that we're taking that and we're not actually having the impact that we can, which is to be able to feed that right back into the church, receive on a Sunday morning and give on a Sunday morning itself as well. I think both of those are really important for the growth of this type of a lifestyle, both for individuals and for the community. So this really gets to the heart of this year's Hope Live series, both in what it's seeking to do and then in the relationship between gatherings and mission that it's trying to cultivate to to foster not just individual missional Christianity, but also collective missional community. I guess, first off, you know, how do you see this, we're using this banquet table metaphor, how do you see this banquet table vision of Jesus bringing these two groups of people together for reciprocal benefit? Yeah, I see that playing out in really practical ways where um, the the different gifts that we have and the different kind of promptings that we receive and what we've and our experiences that we've had, we just really need to to bring those to each other, um, both in the ways that we're learning from each other and the ways that we're getting together on on our Sunday mornings and 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 the ways that we're actually just gathering. And I think that we need to bring those gifts, and I think that we need to be challenged by each other in that way, so that we can each lean into. Um, kind of what we're hearing from from folks who have who have different kind of perspectives and gifts than us. And so you know you know you'd have different people who uh, in our community would be serving in different ways and I think that we can really learn a lot from each other and realize that we that we bring our gifts and what we've got and when we learn from each other's gifts it creates a lot more nuance and I think that's what starts to take us to sort of the I don't know if next level is the right type of language but to to really places of growth in our relationships with Jesus when we're being challenged and spurred on, we're, we're uh, by each other. And I think that's part of the vision of the banquet table, that there's difference that, that we bring. And uh, it, it gets beautiful when we, when we share that with each other and then when we're responsive to each other's gifts in those ways as well. One of the things I love about this banquet table metaphor in the, the, the literal point or vision or picture of the, the Luke 14 passage where we're drawing it from is, is the, the sense of identity that it shifts in followers of Jesus. And I, I'm wondering, you know, with so many people's faith identity so synonymous with the event on Sundays, mm-hmm. you know, a faith-based person is a church goer. The whole idea of the banquet table is that we can actually shift our primary identity and our primary sense of belonging and community around the shared mission that God is engaging us in, the, the, the table that we're all a part of with unlikely people fostering unlikely friendships. And I'm just wondering, you know, beyond this Hope Lives series that's trying to cultivate that and be that for a month, what other strategies as the action pastor, Nate, are you trying to implement these days to foster a greater degree of that missional community that shifts that identity of how we see our belonging as a church? I mean, well, strategically, it's getting together again with people who are come from very different spaces. Whether you know from within our Southridge community, uh, you know, folks who come to the gatherings on Sunday mornings, um, being different, or our friends who are among our community of, of marginalized peoples, from uh, you know migrant farm workers to people who have experienced homelessness, our friends in the low-income community, Indigenous peoples in the Niagara region. What we try to do in the strategies here are 
being together in spaces um, that are outside of a Sunday, that are that are together where we're where we're learning and sharing from each other. Uh, that that looks like sharing meals a lot of the time. I think that's really important. It definitely looks like being in places that were less are less familiar and comfortable for us, and going out into places where uh, where people who are not um, on the surface like ourselves, where, the, where where other people would be found. And in our different location, that looks that locations it looks a little bit differently. But what's common is is that that we we want to be going out and then being there together and just really being present. And I think that the the what comes out of that is um, is not just the fact is the fact that we're not just about you know our Sunday gathering, but it is that we are willing to go out and that we want to be influenced uh, in the ways that we're gathering around meals and in sharing rich in each other's lives uh, throughout the week. Nate, for the people listening from Southridge and knowing that leaders from other churches are also uh, listening in, I'm just wondering if you have any final kind of encouragements or challenges when it comes to this beautiful, hopefully, rhythm of leveraging our large group gatherings to foster missional community in a way that can shift our identity as followers of Jesus from attenders to this family that together are living out the way of Jesus, loving those on the margins and enjoying these unlikely friendships in a banquet table kind of a way. Yeah. I mean, one thing I would just say is a lot of the time these messages are things that we can we can hear and feel like, well, that's nice. And I like it and I identify with that. And I think a lot of the time we feel like maybe that's enough is to express appreciation towards it. But a lot of the times there's barriers that, that, that we let, you know, crop up, you know, in terms of like the where we're at in our life stages. And I think the one thing that we need to realize is no matter where we're at, there's a there's a step for us to take towards living that type of lifestyle that around that banquet table. And I would just encourage whoever is listening to be able to know that the message is for you right now in this life stage that you're at. No matter if you've got, you know, three crazy boys at home and things are nuts and or if you've got like a lot of space in your life right now. I think that this is something that we can realize that we can lean into it right now. And there's, there are healthy ways to do it that are actually going to really impact our faith in Jesus. And we really want to be able to take those opportunities right now. Yeah. I'd encourage people, especially if you're not from Southridge, like take the step of tracking with our hope lives series, just to get a sense for what we're actually talking about here. And uh, for those of us as Southridge and at Southridge, Let's consider, no matter what season we find ourselves in, what step God might be wanting us to take this year in our annual flag-waving of the values of compassion and justice that is Hope Lives. So, Nate, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate that. And to all of you joining in, uh, appreciate you tracking with us. Look forward to tracking again next week as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Bye.